Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Hello, friends. Welcome to the third week of Cybersecurity Awareness Month 2022. This is the Cyber Guy Podcast, and I am Darren Mott, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent. I thank you so much for taking the time to download this and all my other podcasts within the Cyber Guy production realm, I guess, if you will. This one and the Get Cyber Smart Podcast. Both, uh, if you combine them together, I've got about 110 episodes and about 75,000 downloads. So I appreciate everyone for downloading and listening and sending the information to their friends. Um, I got a couple interviews for today from the National Cyber Summit. One is with uh, Carissa Seckman. She is with the Maryland Dreamport Director at the Maryland Innovation and Security Institute. She was at the National Cyber Summit here in Huntsville a couple weeks ago. We had a very good conversation about what they do uh, with their organization. And I also talked to local Huntsville cybersecurity expert Shane Hammond. He runs a, a host of different little bit companies, uh, and he'll kind of talk about those and the current state of cyber matters. And so we'll talk to them here in just a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to talk any cyber news uh, on this particular episode. I'll probably post another episode this week to try to get some of the more of these interviews that I did at the National Cyber Summit out and then get back to business as usual with, with uh, um other guests and, and talking about different trends and things within the cyber world. But I wanted to talk about a couple things that I'm doing going forward here um, with what I'm doing with the podcast and, and some other stuff. And so I'm taking my Get Cyber Smart podcast. For those who've listened to it and know what it is, those who have not listened to it, it's a little seven to 10 minute episode I do that is kind of like Cyber 101. So if you have friends, relatives, or even yourself, and you want more information on certain cyber topics, the Get Cyber Smart podcast is there for that. Uh, it doesn't talk about news. It just basically picks the topic and I kind of talk about what the topic is so you kind of understand it. Because this kind of goes around with my basic premise of cybersecurity education. Uh, to my, my two passions, cybersecurity and cyber and education. Used to be a high school teacher before I was an FBI agent. And so I love to teach people information about cybersecurity, the cyber world, if you will, at a very basic level. I'm not looking, if you're, if you're in the cyber world and you do, you know, you're very technically oriented, you don't need me to tell you things about business email compromise and things like that. But I think I have a unique perspective uh, from 20 years in the FBI watching cyber threats evolve, knowing what bad guys want, what they do, how they do it, why they do it. I think I bring a perspective there that hopefully can educate folks so they have a little better understanding of what this whole thing we call cyber is. Because cyber is kind of a made-up term. It's not really reference anything. It has to, I mean, you can say, if you ask 10 people to find cyber, they'll all have a different definition for it. So the Get Cyber Smart podcast is designed to kind of, un, you know, take the veil off some of these things and, and hopefully help them make sense so that people just become a little smarter when it comes to their own protection. The, the whole goal there is with this podcast and that one is to understand what the cyber threats are so that you can assess your risk, proceed wisely, as I like to say. I also like to say knowledge is protection because if 
you understand these things, or at least have a, a general awareness, you are less likely to do the things that'll make you a victim that make you have to contact the FBI or law enforcement to help you with a particular cyber in, in, incident or, or situation you may be in. So that's the focus of that podcast. And I'm starting season two of the Get Cyber Smart podcast um, right after this one. I'm done with this. One. I'm going to record that one and post these both today. But one thing I'm looking to do with season one, which was 30 episodes, and I won't do this with all of the episodes, but I'm looking to take those particular episodes and make little ebooks out of them and give them away online and or maybe ultimately sell them or create classes around who knows, a whole set of things. I'm still trying to figure out how to best do that. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're interested and you'd like a copy of these ebooks once I create them, um, and there'll be several of them. If I did them all as one book, it'd be this monstrous thing that no one would want to read. I certainly wouldn't, I wouldn't want to read it, wouldn't want to put it together. So I'm going to try to take some of the topics that mean, that are, that are meaningful together and make them, make it mean something. I'm actually taking the transcripts of those podcasts and kind of editing them into reasonable chunks. And so if you're interested in looking at that, if you want to be my editor, email me, Darren at the cyberguy.com, cyber spelled C-Y-B-U-R. Um, and the first 10 people that email me, will get them for free. Everything I create, you'll get for free. Um, and most people will get it for free ultimately anyway, but you'll get it kind of first. So, um, and so the one thing I will say, if you do email me, don't expect it right away. I haven't even started putting these together. It may take me a little while to put them together, edit it, format that so it's readable. Um, I've never done an ebook before, never done an ebook. So this will be kind of be a new experience amongst my other experiences. So I'm looking to kind of do that going forward. So if you've not checked out the Get Cyber Smart podcast, feel free to do that in your free time. There's only, there's only 30 episodes. Season two, like I said, will drop today. And one of the things I'm looking to do is come up with topics for season two. I kind of posted that on LinkedIn, didn't get a whole lot of response, but I got a couple. So I'm busy um, formatting out what season two will look like. So think of this cyber, so think of the first season of Cyber 101. This is going to be Cyber. 102, the next, the next legitimate reiteration. I think what I'm going to do on this next one though, is take them and put them into three and four session episodes around the same topic. I think the first one is going to be protecting kids. I'm going to focus on that one kind of first. Um, I've talked a little bit about that in season one of Get Cyber Smart, but this one will be a little more distinctive as to that. Uh, for that. So if you have topics that you think would be of interest, if you have relatives and friends that bug you with cyber stuff and you're sick of talking to them about it, uh, and you'd like me to do those particular topics, let me know. Like I said, I have a master's degree in education. I have a master's degree in cybersecurity. I can take those two things together and um, create all of this content. So that's kind of where I'm looking to go going forward. If you want to help me or assist me or you have any suggestions for me, feel free to, to hit me up uh, anytime, Darren at thecyberguy.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash I-N slash Darren Mott, D-A-R-R-E-N-M-O-T-T. -T. With that, let's go to this week's interviews from the National Cyber Summit. So I'm joined by my first guest here at the National Cyber Summit 2022 with Carissa Kelly from Missy. Carissa, thanks so much for taking the time to be the first guest here on the podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate it. So tell us what Missy is and what is it that they do? Sure. We are the Maryland Innovation and Security Institute. We are a non-for-profit organization headquartered in Columbia, Maryland. Our Dreamport facility is our headquarters facility. It was founded out of a PIA agreement, which is a partnership intermediary agreement with U.S. Cyber Command. Um, our Mission Accelerator facility, Dreamport. Um, we have a few others located kind of around um, the U.S., uh, branching out a little bit. But essentially what we do is we drive 
um, innovation and um, really tackle hard problems within the industry. So we work a lot with um, not just the federal sector, but we work a lot with industries, small businesses and uh, medium-sized businesses that really kind of um, need exposure and, and uh, we're working, to, working on those problem sets as well. And then we also work a lot with academia. Um, so we run internship programs. We work very closely with the NSACAE schoolhouse um, on those internships. We run force-on-force -force style competitions. So you might have heard of Hack the Port or Hack the Building. We started with Hack the Building in 2020. We ran Hack the Port um, earlier this year in March in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we call those force-on-force -force style competitions, not your traditional CTF style competitions um, because we really like um, the back and forth. Uh, you register as an offensive or defensive team. Um, a lot of academic institutions come in. So five students plus a coach. The coach is also able to participate. And what we do is we create a storyline based around a particular topic. So obviously Hack the Port really focused on maritime critical infrastructure. Hack the Building focuses really on um, you know building automation systems, very building focused topics. We're actually running Hack the Building 2 in April of 2023 that will be focused on hospital. Um, so once you get into the building, um, it will be very hospital cyber focused, internet of medical things, um, really kind of bridging the gap between IT and IoT, operational technology, uh, things of that nature. So, so we do you, a lot. So when you do those things, do the results that you find, so however the, the winning team got in, do you then publish that vulnerability or that capability or how they did that for intelligence purposes so other entities so let's say you're going to do your hack the hospital mm -hmm. so you're going to find things that they're able to hack into i assume you do you already know what the hackable items are or yeah. are you testing those at just to see if they can hack in so kind of kind of a mix. So um, in Hack the Port, we do develop a playbook, if you will, and we have specific guided scenarios. Scenarios ranging from beginner to intermediate um, levels for for teams. Um, and we 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 the the overall goal is to teach people, right, to learn. So so we work through um, those scenarios. If they need help, we drop hints throughout it. We really don't want you stuck. You know, we want you getting through the scenarios and kind of progressing. And so we know um, kind of from the programmable logic controllers, the PLCs that you should be targeting, things that you should be hitting. But another thing that we do is we bring in um, commercial products, right? And so sometimes, um, it has happened in the past, we'll have teams that kind of go outside of that scenario and outside of that playbook, right, um, on that offensive side, and they'll find uh, zero-day vulnerabilities. And we do report them. We do take what we find back to the commercial entities. We do take what we find um, kind of insights as to, you know, maybe maybe the participants were, were really targeting, um, attacking a scenario, or not attacking, but... Uh, going through a problem this way or going through a scenario a certain way where they were kind of off kilter and maybe they needed, you know, kind of more knowledge or more, um, more information about how to work with PLCs or HMIs or whatever that may be. So, so after every event, we do kind of a lessons learned, if you will, and we look at that data and we look at all those insights that we find and we bring that back to not just the commercial entities um, for their products and solutions, but also to the academic solutions, um, institutions, or maybe the, the military units that are participating or any of those participating teams to say, you know, here, here's where, you know, we might be able to bridge that gap of knowledge, or we might be able to, to train, um, you know, the, those on the front line a little bit better. 
So are all your teams, are they high school, college, a mix, military? You just bring in whoever's, whoever has a team and have at it? So it really depends on the event. Um, Hack the Port, so we actually brought had an academic village where just academic teams came in, and those were university students, a lot of those from the NSACAE accredited universities, um, and that's Center of, Academ- Center of Academic Excellence Universities, if you're unfamiliar. Um, but we do take, and then so after that, we asked for all of the academic teams to nominate an MVP of their team. We formed other teams, and they went on um, against professional teams. And so to be on the professional teams, um, you could be military, you could be industry, you could be anybody. Um, so it was kind of kind of cool to see that, you know, collaboration and, and measurement of, um, you know, skill and, and how they adjusted to things based on the professional versus the academic. So all in all, it depends on the event. Um, uh, but but typically we try to hit all those all those areas so academic uh, military federal and industry so we want we want everybody to come so in how did the idea of the institute come come to be how did what was the genesis of the of it to start with so <laughs> it it really was kind of just an idea that we came up with right um, as an institution we were kind of getting questions and and challenges I'll say um, from various partners. Uh, that kind of drove us to look at critical infrastructure more closely with what we were doing in terms of cyber. Um, So that really just branched out into a variety of projects. But ultimately, you know, we kind of look to bridge the gap to say, you know, um, you guys have a problem in training or workforce development or capacity building, right? You guys have a problem um, kind of assessing how critical infrastructure um, is affecting really small to medium-sized companies. And you guys have a problem, you know, looking at looking at um, insights from, from what what we need to see in in that arena, right? So we kind of just all were sitting at a at a table, and um, one of our executive directors, Armando Say, if you're familiar, he he has some big ideas all of the time. So um, he really just said, "Hey, you know, why don't why don't we just do a, a massive you know competition and, and really get our hands on the actual equipment?" So for example, for for Hack the Port, uh, we one of the scenarios focused on a ballast control system. The ballast control system that we bought in um, were actual ballast control systems that are used in cargo ships. Um, uh, of course, we couldn't bring in an entire cargo ship, but we brought in that system. We put it into a, a kayak, if you will, blew up a, a pool, and we had you know our engineers that were in water in the pool, and the team's kind of going at the ballast control system trying to alter the, the balance. So we really strive um, for cyber realism is what we like to call it, but we really strive on... on um, getting actual systems, the actual PLCs, the actual HMIs that are used and and showing you the physical disruption uh, versus just emulating an environment. Right. Have you seen any industries, so you've done hack the port and hack the building, have you seen any industries say, hey, can you, can you do us? Like, <laughs> Absolutely. The, like from the healthcare, did the healthcare say, hey, can you, can you do us next? And we'd like to, you know, help us out here. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, we have a lot of of you know medical <laughs> teams that come in or universities even that have those on-site hospitals right they have all of the equipment mm-hmm. and they really want um, to leverage you know um, our capacity to build them and we, we do get those insights from from all over and it's really just we're trying to kind of assess where the need is right of course everybody you know hack this hack that hack this right you can you know you, you get it from all over but we're trying to look at the overall community um, because we do have a large network to see what is going to be the biggest impact for all of our communities so so we do take that into effect and if you haven't seen over over at our booth um, 
one of the big capa uh, capacities that we have was our Dreamport Labs. We have a huge critical infrastructure city that we continue to build onto as we continue to get new technologies and, and capabilities. Um, but it was how we bring those to the universities. How do, how do we mobilize it, really? So we, <laughs> in three months, our team put our heads together and we built our industrial control system kits. So they're actual mobile kits um, that we that we have over at our booth here today. We bring them out to universities. We bring them to the competitions and they are never stopping in, in production. Um, we have a, an IoT home that we're building right now. We're working on building the hospital kits right now. And so really the, the goal to that is to be able to bring um, this, this, not just competition, but this training and, and this, um, this capacity building exercises to, to everybody um, that we can to, to really um, increase training and awareness, you know, across the community. So that was kind of the big, the big driver for that as well. Do you have expansion plans like to move outside of just Maryland and have it in different regions of the country so you don't have to, so people can, so you could actually multiply, become a multi, uh, force multiplier across the country for all these things. Yes, absolutely. So we um, just signed or are in the process of signing um, an MOU uh, with the University of Miami to get kind of a satellite office down there. We have some other satellites kind of in the works right now, but that's kind of the big the big drive right now is to continue to, to grow at scale and bring our um, staff and our know-how um, you know, across the country and, and outside of the country as well. So here in Huntsville, obviously, we have a huge defense industrial base entity. Is that one of your sectors you're looking to build into to try to say, okay, hack the hack the dib, hack, you know, hack yeah. Northrop, hack Rolling, hack those things? Yes, yes, absolutely. So one of our other projects that we run, um, we actually work with small to medium-sized manufacturers within the defense industrial base. Um, we basically deploy um, physical or virtual sensors to their environment, and we basically aggregate all of that data into a cloud environment. Um, we do pen testing capabilities there. Um, we have seam solutions there. And then we have analysts that actually meet on a bi-weekly basis with the CEO um, of the small business to, to work through them to say, hey, these are the vulnerabilities that we found. Here are some you know anomalies that we found on the network. Let's investigate them. And because a lot of the times, let's be real, small businesses, your right. CEO is the CTO, is the CFO, yep. right? They're very exactly. multifaceted. Sure. Um, and not everybody is, is you know, as skilled up as they need to be when it comes to knowing what's on the network and how to protect their networks, right? Right. Um, so that's what our analysts do as a really good um, practice, I think, is they kind of break it down. So it's not just, you know, us sending you a report of, you know, what is this? It's right. really, what is this? Why do I care? How it's going to affect my company? And what can we do to, to, to help each other? So that's another project that we work. But, but yes, the defense industrial base is, is huge for us. And hopefully maybe we can get a, a satellite office somewhere here in Huntsville to help. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, is um, so. Does how do you how easy is it for you to fill your analyst positions? Because I because obviously that's the big issue in cybersecurity in general is finding qualified personnel to do the penetration testing, the vulnerability assessments. I'm sure you've got a CMMC component in some way, shape, or form. So, and then what happens once they get trained up and they're like, "Oh, hey, this company over here is offering me thirty thousand more. I'm just going to go there." How have, you, how have you dealt with those issues? So I will say that I think um, Missy as a as a whole is really blessed to have such a great and diverse team. And I don't just mean, you know, diverse in the people that we work with. I mean, our skill sets are very diverse. And I think that really benefits um, what we do and our mission. So for example, our, our mobile kits that we built, um, a lot of people think we have a huge budget or a huge team that put our brains together. Really, it was about five to six of us. Right. And we all come from different, different backgrounds and we have really diverse skill sets. We have an electrical engineer that's also a pretty 
you know, kick ass uh, blue teamer. Right. Um, we also have our, our cloud engineer also, you know, does plumbing on the side. <laughs> so, I mean, we really just put um, a variety of backgrounds together. And I think that's why we are so successful doing what we do is because we have such a diverse and skilled team. And when I say skilled, not all of us have, you know, 30 years experience like our executive directors, but we have drive and we have passion for what we do. So a lot of the internship programs that I mentioned, we do keep some of those interns on staff and one of the biggest things is, you know, we don't, if, if you start as a, as a SOC analyst and, you know, you, you kind of work your way through a tier one analyst, tier two analyst, maybe you want to move to something different. Maybe mm -hmm. you want to, you know, you want to jump into the cloud team. Well, we have a, a very skilled cloud team that will graciously cross train you and you can do two jobs at, at one time, you know, um, you can gain experience and there's so many different facets to move around. And I think it keeps people interested and it keeps people passionate um, about what they're doing, especially for our mission. So, you know, um, I, I can't harp on our team enough, sure. but I think that's really just the people that you work with and having a, a great team beside you is, is a huge benefit to what we do and how we keep people um, at Missy. How old is Missy? Missy is going, we were founded in 2017. Wow. Okay. So, cool. Nice. Very relatively, nice. Relatively new, but doing big things. So what's the, what's the next three years look like for Missy? What's their, what's your, what's your three-year plan? Oh, three-year plan. <laughs> um, so we hopefully, you know, personally, if you, if you ask me my plan, I hope that we continue to grow as you kind of mentioned and just open some more satellite offices to get in different areas of the country to really expand our mission. Um, so I think that's definitely growth and, and scalability in terms of Missy is very important right now to us. Um, and secondary to gaining, you know, additional hands in the right areas and the right skill sets, because, you know, being a mission accelerator, we do have, you know, different, it's a different mindset, if you will. It's almost, you know, a startup mindset, if you will. People very passionate um, and willing to learn across those different fields, right? Because not everybody um, is, is in a, a pathway in their current lives to where they want to be learning different skills, right? So um, just finding people that are very mission set is helps accelerate the mission. I mean, that's what we do at the end of the right. day. So continuing to grow, continuing to expand our capabilities and um, expand our personnel and our staff to be able to, you know, support support overall mission, whether that's across uh, federal industry or academia. Uh, all, all three are very important. That is that is awesome. How does some, so where do we find you? Where does people want more information on Missy? What's your website? Um, so you can find us on a few different few different places. Um, Missy.tech and Dreamport.tech are okay. the most, um, you know, kind of our, our headquarters locations, if you will. But we also have Missy Academy for anybody that is interested and in more so on the internship and the STEM side of the house. And then we also have HackTheUniverse.tech, which nice. is really our competition <laughs> side of the house. So uh, we kind of just, you know, we didn't want to limit it to a port or, you know, we're doing Hack the Railroad, uh, Hack the Hospital. We weren't, we weren't limiting in any any way, shape, or form. So Hack the Universe is where you can find information about all of those Force on Force style competitions. That's awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Carissa, for coming in being the first guest. All right. Appreciate thanks. it. All right. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I'm joined now by Shane Hammett of ITSC. Shane is a mainstay in the Huntsville area, especially as it com per comes to cybersecurity stuff. He was one of the original board members of the National Defense Cyber Alliance. Are we the president of the NDC? I was the president. president. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that at some point because yeah. I can't get anyone from there to come talk to me about it. So Because <laughs> I have to get three levels of approval from FBI headquarters to come Understood. talk. So you don't, yeah. you don't need that anymore. So. No, sir. So Shane, what does ITSC stand for? Tell me a little bit about what your company does and 
we'll go from there. Yeah, so ITSC, uh, it's it, it, it's a motto, uh, if you will, um, but it's at the, at the mainstay of the company, and it's integrity through secure communications. Uh, and, and really, we, uh, we value that in everything that we do uh, in, in our services and our delivery to government or in, in a lot of the commercial businesses that we, we support. Gotcha. So let's, so let's back up a little bit. And what got you into the whole cyber world? Um, really happenstance. Uh, I was uh, at Auburn University uh, when this thing called the Internet got started and this new degree called Management Information System got launched. And, you know, you're in, in college, you don't really know what you're doing with your life and you decide to give it a shot. And, you know, it, uh, it really, uh, you know, got me excited and uh, made me look forward to going to work. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've never looked back. So it's been great. How has it changed from then to when did you graduate college? Uh, I graduated Auburn University in 99. So, Jeez, you're a young guy. Uh, yes. Jesus, I graduated yeah. college at 88. Holy cow, you are, yeah. you, you are young. <laughs> How, why are you so great? Anyway, that's a side <laughs> question. So, so, uh, it can turn colors, just can't turn loose. <laughs> yeah, Darren. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, have you seen a change from then to now? Oh, drastically. And I have this conversation with my son uh, almost weekly uh, because he's in a different era. He just started at, at, at Auburn University. And so, mm-hmm. he's got a different perspective on it. And, and so, you know, the things that I saw, and, and, I, and I tell him that our generation developed these digital tools, this, the internet, the cell phones, and, you know, all of these kind of digital personas that, that you know, we've, we've come to live with on a day-to-day basis with no concept of, of the impacts of business and, and, and education and, and, and everything. Thank goodness we had digital devices to get mm-hmm. us through the pandemic, obviously. Uh, but it, it created a cultural phenomenon, if you will. And, you know, we don't fully understand the ramifications on stuff like how to socially interact anymore. You know, how to do business without these devices, you know, if there comes a time where you actually have to have some face-to-face meetings, right. you know, and, you know, occasionally we're doing that. Um, but, you know, it's up to his generation to redefine it and, and, and per, perform more of an ethical review of it. And, and I think that what we're trying to, to kind of get to is, uh, you know, regulate it from a morality standpoint and how do we maintain the integrity of the systems and what they were intended to do which is operations and business and right. you know allow us to get more information real time you know I, I joke with him all the time about the fact that you know he, he doesn't have the ability to retain knowledge because he's tied to Google and YouTube and all right. of these things like that and so that's a different skill set a different mindset it's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, when it comes to the end of the day, he could probably do things faster than I can because I'm, I'm basing my skills off of what I've retained. And so, you know, I think it's just a different mentality. And there, there's just a, a, a cultural change, you know, and, and now that we move into this virtualized, metaspheric world, you know, I think that we're seeing a, a even bigger evolution of, of what these, this, this digital, you know, device world that we're living in is going to do to us. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to see. So how does your how does your company interface here in Huntsville with other companies? What is it? What is the what is it you provide? What do you do? What are your what is what's the what's the forward looking plan for ITSC? Yeah, so we specialize in uh, engineering services uh, for government. That's really what we do a lot of work in. Uh, we do uh, a good bit of cybersecurity related work. Obviously, that's my background. 
Um, we've already stood up in the last uh, three years, uh, we've stood up a commercial division in the company uh, where we focus a lot on uh, preparing companies uh, that we work with, you know, ironically. And so it's the whole supply chain uh, that, that, that kind of started this. And, and so we, we realized that we had a lot of partners that wasn't quite to the level of cyber maturity that we were in. And so we realized that that's a service opportunity. And so we actually started off doing one or two companies that was, you know, a trusted partner in our supply chain. We did that at no cost for them. And then that had kind of evolved in, in word of mouth business. And, and, and next thing we know, we're in it main, mainstay. And, and I'm a registered practitioner for CMMC, which is the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. Um, and so we really work heavily with our, with our trusted partners uh, to help them get to the level that we're at so that we can go after additional government contracts. We, we, we perform those services. Uh, we also have a division where we focus on uh, managed security services. Um, so we do SOC as a service, if you will. Uh, we can do incident response and recovery, forensic analysis, those kinds of things. Uh, we have a, a whole program where we teach companies how to build continuity of operations and disaster recovery plans. Um, we do trainings, um, and, and so a lot of companies will, will, will bring us in and, and, and help train their employees on basic cyber awareness, um, and, and typically that's where a lot of companies fail, and, you know, it's a requirement for CMMC. And so. Yeah. Are, are you finding companies are more willing to invest in those things? Because obviously cybersecurity is not a profit-making entity within companies that are not doing cybersecurity. So you have to pay to fix these things, but, I mean, my argument, I'm sure the same as yours, is paying now is better than paying later, quite frankly. But how are, how are you getting over that hump of people saying, the big issue with most companies saying, well, I don't have anything anyone would want. Yeah, so uh, we, have, we have lengthy conversations with a lot of people. Um, and um, what my biggest, uh, you know, deterrent, I guess, uh, for the, the CEOs, uh, you know, around these things is that if your financial systems goes away and you can't pay your employees, how long are you going to be in business? You know, so don't say you don't have things. You right. do. You have a financial system. So that alone should be, should incentivize you enough to put basic, basic security protections in place. <clears throat> and one of the things they find when working with us is we, we really, really, we're a small business. And so we're not just telling you and advising you on, on best practices. We're living it every day. And so from right. a cost perspective, we're very hypersensitive to those kinds of things. And so we're always looking for creative solutions that a low cost solution uh, can, can bring to bear. And what we find a lot of times is there's a lot of tool stack that's in those enterprises that we can eliminate hmm. that creates a cost savings that will essentially pay for what they need to be doing the right way. And so, you know, we, we want to put a tool on things and think that that's going to solve everything. And really, it comes down to configuration as much as it does any tool. Uh, you know, you can put the best tool in the world in place. And if you don't properly configure it and maintain it, it's never going to function as designed. And, and so, you know, that's where we <clears throat> really try to specialize is, is teach the companies how to configure what they currently have. And if they don't have that skill or that specialty, bring us in as a security, as a service kind of option. Sure. And, and, and that, that is a drastic reduction in cost as opposed to maintaining, you know, personnel that, you know, as you know, Darren, in this area <laughs> is yeah. ripe to be poached sure, by sure, another sure. company tomorrow. So are you doing virtual CISO type of stuff? We are. So yeah. we've got uh, virtual CISO, uh, virtual CISO. Uh, we've got virtual SOC as a service. Uh, we've got VIR, which is a new one uh, that's not really talked about a whole lot. How do you do 
forensic analysis remote, uh, you know, and, and, you know, offloading those packages. And so essentially we've created a malware analysis room in a cloud architecture and uh, we were able to, you know, allow people to find a way to get that package uploaded. We do the analysis on it and we begin the remediation. Ah, very nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're we're trying to get creative. Sure. How how are you stay ahead? How do you stay ahead of the technology? Because one thing I've always said is technology moves like this. Yep. Bad guys are right here saying, okay, you know what? I can find the vulnerability to compromise that. Law enforcement's way over here. Politicians are worried about cow flatulence. So how do you bridge yeah. that gap there for the for the company to say, okay, you know, here's what we're going to do to keep you ahead of the bad guy, or at least in line with the bad guy. So you can at least, when, when the bad guy figures it out, we're going to be able to help you with that almost immediately so you don't become the victim. Well, so it, it starts with visibility, you know, and, and, and until companies realize that, it, you know, when they have parts of their network or their enterprise or their systems that, that have blinders on, they, uh, they allow personal devices with, with little to no, you know, visibility. Right. You know, that creates, you know, opportunities uh, for the bad guys to get ahead of you. And so eliminating those, those blind spots is, is key to any good environment. Um, when you can't eliminate those blind spots, then having that, that enclave or that isolation point, I think, is a big step towards that. Um, but to your, to your real question of, you know, how do you stay ahead of that? Well, I mean, candidly, let's, let's, let's be honest, guys. If you understand network architecture, there's only a handful of ways a bad guy can penetrate your network. Right. And sure. so, you and know, most of it's going to be social engineering anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they're going to target those weak points, which yep. is the, you know, that, that person on the keyboard. And so, you know, that's really where we focus is, you know, is understanding the network architecture and, and understanding the penetration points. So the big buzzword, obviously, is zero trust. Are you incorporating that into what you're doing? Well, you know, where it's appropriate. And that's one of the, com- the things that the companies really like about us is I don't believe a one-stop shop is best right. for anybody. You sure. Know? You know, it, it's a comprehensive approach. And you, you, you take where they're at and where they want to be, and you grow to that. And, and you, know, you don't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you become in a zero, te- zero trust kind of in a world. I think there's specific areas that a, a zero trust environment does uh, lend itself. You know, protection of CUI or FCI related data. And I'll take that a step further intellectual property data mm-hmm. put that into a zero trust portion of your uh, of your enterprise and it makes perfect sense i think that certainly that's a, you know a, an appropriate approach but you know there's more than one way to to maintain the integrity of that data so but yeah i think that that is an option but it's not the only option yeah and sadly the uh, the government is thinking oh we're just gonna make everybody do zero, zero trust and it, it, zero trust all the way across i'm sure that would have no problems so yeah. well, shane how does someone find itsc so obviously our website itsc-ss.com okay um uh, Get in touch with any of us. We'll be here at the uh, National Cyber Summit. Uh, we're always, you know, on social media. Um, you know, you can always get to us in any of those ways. Uh, most uh, of the threat guys and, and the cyber guys in the Huntsville area know us in, in, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And, you know, we'd love to, you know, uh, get an opportunity to have conversations with you and just do evalu- basic evaluations on whether you're headed in the right way. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we see a lot is there's a lot of misinformation that's out there. You know, and, and, and a lot of con- a lot of times these companies just want to 
sell you a tool and mm-hmm. we're, t- we're tool agnostic and that's the best thing about it is that you know we're not in there trying to sell you a tool we're trying to find the right solutions right. holistically for you as uh, you know from that approach awesome well shane thanks so much for taking the time to stop by thank enjoy you appreciate thanks. it enjoy it so i want to thank carissa and shane for stopping by the cyber guy booth at the national cyber summit to have a f- little discussion with me there um it's always interesting talking to people in different realms within the cyber world just to kind of get their perspective on what they're doing a lot of people are doing a lot of good things uh, and i am just honored to have the ability to speak with them and to bring them to to, to folks who are interested in this whole topic uh, and so again i thank them for taking the time to stop and chat with me with my silly questions and the occasional interruptions from from the overhead speaker at the cyber summit so with that i'm going to let you go for today like i said i will probably post another podcast later this week try to get more into a regular rhythm of doing the podcast again check out the get cyber smart podcast uh, both podcasts available on all your favorite podcast distribution channels. If you like what you hear, feel free to leave a review. If you don't like what you hear, email me and tell me what I can do better. I am I do not get annoyed by criticism. Actually, I appreciate it. So it's good. it helps me to be a better podcast provider for those who like to listen. Uh, as you go through your week, know that knowledge is protection. If you understand the cyber threats targeting you, you can assess your cyber risk overall and you can proceed wisely online or wherever you're going in the cyber world. With that, thanks again so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon.